Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello, welcome to the Autocar Podcast, My Week in Cars, with me, Matt Pryor, and him, Steve Cropley. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Matthew. How's it going? Very well, mate. Very good. Uh, you can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com. Jonathan Furlonger has done that, who says, listening to a recent podcast on my way back home down the Foss Way this afternoon, I live close to Steve, in front of me was a driver conducting what I shall now always think of as the pole star manoeuvre, which huh. you followed a driver the other week who was breaking quite a lot downhill accelerating quite a lot uphill yeah which you thought was a bit of a waste of energy well it was yeah, yeah. I, it seems to happen there's some long hills and, mm. and long rises on the phosphate yeah. i can sort of see how that it might happen says jonathan to a pole star driver with 500 pounds uh, foot plus of torque but i would have thought that a toyota starlet which is what he was following might have wanted to conserve momentum at all costs anyway um on, a, on another topic jonathan says i agree that Old ULES, ultra low emission zone uh, exempt classics, uh, can potentially last ages if properly maintained. Because we talked about what might be a good daily old ULES yeah. dodging barge. I see. Yeah. Um, the issue for me is parts availability. Fine on, say, a Ford Capri or an MGB, but I have a Lotus Elan M100, like Steve used to own. If somebody gives me a mild bump at the rear, the car's written off because you can't get the rear lamps. Uh, service items are difficult too. Would that be the main factor in taking old classics off the road in future? Mm, I think it's an issue, but yeah. I'm surprised that Jonathan. Um, I had the feeling from my friend Paul Matty, who used to trade long all his life, really, in mm. Lotuses. I thought you could get that stuff for an M100, but it, admittedly, it was off something weird, like a, a, a Suzu Piazza or something like, yeah, or a yeah, Subaru, what, something or other, was it? Yeah, there was some stuff that was off an A610 or 310 or something. Oh, as well, really? Yeah. But okay. anyway, um, I thought Paul didn't have any problems, but mm. could be wrong about that. Well, I also wonder with the advent of 3D printing, that you could make small quantity stuff as yeah. long as you as long as you do that as long as some enthusiast does the does the CAD, mm. that you could print yourself replacement plastic parts without yeah. having to have big moulds and things. So you might, that might be yeah. an answer, might it? I mean, yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, if you're desperate enough, I think he, I think the central point is there, isn't it? Mm. That, you know, it's much, you know, you chose initially an MGB and then, so, what was the second? Uh, one? Ford Capri, you thought would that be was the it. thing, yeah. wouldn't it? I think yeah. you could get the bits for those, wouldn't you? I reckon you'd be okay, yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah. I think yeah. the central point is there, but 
solutions are appearing, I think. Yeah, I think running it as a daily could be difficult, couldn't it? Because you might have to wait to find the right bits oh, if you weren't. But yeah, I guess if you are, if it is a classic, you'd find a way around it. You yeah. could wait for the winter while somebody knocks you up some bits. Yeah, and there are I always guess. people with shedfuls of stuff, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, on with the pod proper. Um, over the next half hour or thereabouts, Steve and I are going to be talking our respective autocar columns that you can find in the magazine, available in print or online, as it has been uh, weekly, weekly since 1895, Steve. Can you believe? Oh, I cannot Amazing. believe it. Even um, I wasn't around then. <laughs> solid state batteries could come in 2028. Yeah, I went to this Nissan uh, event, um, which was mainly about the launch of a concept car and a celebrating a few of their anniversaries because they've been their design studio and their technical center in Cranfield have been open for a nice even number of years I can't quite remember one's Mm. 30 I think Mm -hmm. anyway but they had a really interesting bunch of battery experts talking to us and, and they for the first time they were quite unequivocal about the arrival of solid state batteries genuine solid state batteries the ones you can drop off a building right and um, they were going to be talking. They were talking about twenty-four for the opening of a pilot plant, twenty-six for the kind of um, the end of the pilot plant work. So, so by twenty-six, they'd know what they wanted to make in a plant that would. And in twenty-eight, they would have a car in production with a with a yeah. um, solid-state battery. And that seemed to me to be a it's nice to have a bit of clarity about such things I think yeah nobody's I don't I don't know of anybody who has said that that unequivocally don't so think far. so they all say late 20s later 20s yeah. and, and I'm sure they're all on a similar um, trajectory but these guys seem to reckon that you, you know out of some showroom somewhere you were going to be able to buy a car yeah. with a solar state battery and the advantage of them is well they're, they're, they tend to be smaller much more durable less prone to fires Greater power energy density, sorry, not power density, well, perhaps power density, but energy density. Um, and therefore, you know, n- not more space efficient in the car, lighter mm-hmm. in the car. So they allow design flexibility that isn't there at the moment. Yeah. So good for the engineers and good for us. Yeah. And do you think people haven't said, because that's only five years away, do you think? manufacturers haven't wanted to say it so far in case they put people off buying one until then you know that's I mean? crossed my mind that because because if you know that there's suddenly going to be this step in mm. battery efficiency and lightness and so on you, you you're not really inclined to to commit are you i mean mm. i because i'm a nutter i'm i'm still fiddling with the idea of buying a yeah well yes i was going to come to this in yeah a, in a sec yeah. But but that would be a toy. But I, th- mm. it's you can't it can't be make selling EVs any easier. Yeah. You know, if you're you know if you're you know a step is around the corner. Someone. Yeah. I mean, imagine selling a an HD TV when you know a 4K TV yeah. is coming. I think it's precisely that, isn't it? Crikey. Yeah. Um, do they hold up charge over time better? Do they retain more performance over time than a and also, are they easier to do the thermal management? I think all of that. All of that. Um, but the um, chemistry varies and claims that are made for them vary, I believe. Mm. But but the, the general point seems to be 
greater durability, better heat control, yeah. uh, better cooling and all that. And uh, but but above all, more compact and lighter. I mean, that'd be a good thing, wouldn't it? Battery right, packs, because yeah. what some are seven hundred kilos, aren't they? Some battery packs at the moment, and, yeah. and to, to manage the heat, they've got to be in a big flat thing with like underfloor yeah. cooling effectively as yeah. one engineer put it to me he said it's like you know the cooling systems you have to put them in a certain you have to put the battery cells in a certain place so that you can cool them efficiently and effectively yeah you, you can't tuck some in a corner because they'll get too hot and it's those that affect the overall performance of the whole battery the we, the, the ones that are being yeah looked after the worst are the ones that will affect the whole <laughs> performance of the whole thing so yeah. you've got to treat them all identically yeah do you remember the simon saunders telling us about the aerial hypercar there were that's a complicated car with four Mm. motors and all the rest of it and wall-to-wall inverters and god knows what but that i'm sure he said that there were seven different radiators and they weren't and they didn't necessarily cool to the same temperature either so there was a variety of temperatures and a variety of cooling arrangements just for a four motor electric yeah. Admittedly, high performance electric car. Talking of high performance electric cars, Steve, you don't want to wait until 2028. <laughs> and got well, 57 uh, episodes into actually, the, interesting into the things pod. That What's the latest? Well, I went, I thought, I, I still admire the BMW i3, even though it stopped being made about a year ago. That was a great car. A bit more. Yeah. Only weighs, weighs less than 1300, only about 100 more than my Alpine, which I think is a light car. Mm. Everything else, even a Honda e weighs. 1500 plus or 14 1500 plus so i just think it's a a a bit of an achievement and they go quite well even the basic ones so anyway i thought right i3s that's the car for me they're starting to be available nobody worries about the battery packs Mm. made by samsung pretty durable blah blah so i thought i'll go for a driving one went Mm. for a driving one and i thought couldn't tolerate this oh really i was on the point i you know i had the i had you know the missus lined up to mm. you know deliver the old tick in a box and everything but but unfortunately it just didn't ride well enough no. and, I, and i can't tolerate bad ride Damn. so n- the next thing to do is to try and stand an i3 yeah albeit with skinny tires but i can live with that mm. so yes the i3s i can't remember what it came out i drove one on a i drove one on a job and i think there was another bmw being launched at the same time i think it was something like Here's the new M5. By the way, we have some i3s's out the back, and take them on some smooth roads. Was that the but one you, fir- you and I met fir- for a pod at, at in in Wiltshire somewhere? Oh no, this is donkey's years ago. Oh, no, no, yeah, no, no, we did. Uh, we we met. Uh, I was driving different BMWs that day. Oh, okay. But yes, you're right. right. Yeah, we did. We did. Can I tell you what I drove that day? It was a three series wagon, and it was brilliant. Yeah. It's just you go, oh, that hello, old friend. The sweet everything spot. works. Yeah, everything works exactly <laughs> as it should do. What was the engine? Just, I think it was a. Uh, I have a feeling it was a. Feeling it was a two liter petrol. Oh right, so three. But it just yeah, but it was just a, just a pleasant steered yeah. nicely, rode, hello, rode well. Yeah, hello, friend. That's a lovely the thing right to say. Size. Yeah. yeah, it was just yeah, it was really yeah. good. Um, yeah, the i3s. Yes, I do. It wasn't. I remember riding it, honestly, pretty firmly. It, it, I don't know why it has to ride that firmly. Well, they they just tried to make it sporty, didn't they? Oh, yeah. I had a bit of a hunt round on online and found this YouTube with a bloke doing a ten-minute lap of the Nurburgring, no, really? <laughs> whinging about the top speed. You know, he's <laughs> <laughs> be the least of my worries, I think. 
but it was uh, anyway it was disappointing because the rest yeah. of the car was nice it steers nicely it stops mm. nicely all that great interior yep, interesting. Great and interior. interesting car which to yep. you know for people like us is quite is is nice to have isn't it a car that you are interested yeah in yeah i just want something to mess around with mm. when i went to the watergate bay you know the uh, the, the sprint the other day mm. there were four of us in evs and two four of three of us were rather high tone cars and there was a bloke in our old shape leaf yeah not an original leaf but a you know a good few years back he the car was creditable and it was cheap you know it was yeah. about eight grand or something and i was mm. thinking right that'll do that'll do I might. I just want to go and get one and mess around with it. I. I haven't. I've. I've never had the, the ownership experience. I've driven lots of EVs like you, mm. but but, I just want to own one. Yeah. I know it's mad. Renault Zoe's are pretty good still, aren't they? They we are. We tried one good last range. year and it was really pleasant. I thought. Just gone out of production, I believe. Oh, has it? Going. Oh, going. Um, we we're interviewing Luca De Mio, the boss of Renault, this week in the rag, mm. I think, and. Um, he was saying that they've repurposed or are repurposing the the, the old Zoe factory. Um, oh, so, interesting. So it, it it pretty much had gone, I think. Yeah. Which just means it's a good buy on the second hand market. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about Tewksbury based Retrosect. Oh, this is a friend of a son of a friend of mine. Hmm. Um, enterprising bloke was it had a career in selling high tone classic cars thought I can do this except I'd like to do it for people like me rather than you know <clears throat> the, the passing parade of rich people yeah so he started he set up this business which trades in 80s and 90s cars stuff like Citroen BX uh, you know sporty dopey little Japanese K cars mm. um, he had an A310 there I think an Alpine A310 mm. one or two others um, and but he supports it by also trading in 80s 90s games gaming equipment watches you know you can buy your your choice of a sort of oh, daft digital watches from 1985 watch yeah, or yeah, yeah yeah um and it's called retrosect and the, the thing that i found interesting because i you know i'm so far behind the times that it, it was novel to me he doesn't need the high street premises or anything he just needs a an attractive website of course he's extremely good at that he had a whole career you know running and designing other people's websites so he's available online and he, he people visit but mm. but it's a it's basically a thriving online business that's pretty cool good bloke called ben stinson i really um I was, it was nice to catch up with him again he's yeah. uh and uh, but but i i particularly like this whole trend where a classic car does not have to be an E-Type yeah. or an Austin Neely 3000. It can be yeah. an Audi 80 yeah. or a Citroen BX. Mm. And there's lots of people who are serious about that. And that's nothing but good, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because there's you, 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 we've talked before, haven't we, about uh, Radwood. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Roll Hard and stuff. That, and that's it. I mean, we were, as we record today, we were at Bista Heritage's Scramble yesterday, yeah. weren't we? The variety of stuff is just... Well, no, great. It's just interesting, really interesting stuff, yeah. I think. Yeah. Did you see that Morris Minor with a space frame chassis underneath it and a Cosworth <laughs> engine? 800 kilos and 360 horsepower. Oh, I love it. Thing. <laughs> thing. There's always something amazing, isn't there? Yeah. They, yeah. The thing that's brilliant about that place is that the, the people who run it have the heart and soul of enthusiasts, aren't mm. they? Yeah, absolutely. And they, 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 they don't necessarily respond to money. They just, they just like desirable yeah 
Yeah, anyway, we may talk more about that next week, yeah. I suspect. Uh, but in the meantime, the British Motor Museum and uh, some social media engagement numbers. Pretty yeah, amazing. Pretty start, yeah, pretty, pretty sparkling. Tell me about it. Well, bloke, um, they own a, a, a cutaway mini, you know, half a mini, um, just to show you, built in, I guess, the 60s, to show you how a mini functions. The engine's cut away and the suspension, you can see all the detail. The bloke that built it as a young bloke called into the museum and, you know, stood there, looked at it and said, guess what, I did that, you know, in about 1965. Mm. So they took a few photographs of him and wrote a bit of a story, bunged it online and I think you know, stuck it on Instagram, was it, YouTube, one of them. Mm. Anyway, eight million hits later... <laughs> They're they're kind of wondering how and why this happened because yeah. that eight million is approximately three times the total of all the rest of the stuff they've put online this year. Goodness. I mean, it's not bad to have had three million to me. To, yeah, 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 yeah. But but to get that kind of engagement with one fairly ordinary posting, yeah. just amazing. So obviously they've got the sort of forensics in. They're trying to work out what the hell happened. <laughs> how to do it next? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the algorithm. It can't algorithm. be. It can't be. You can't second guess this stuff. No, really. well, it is difficult. Our, our editor Mark Tishaw did a, a walk around video of the Rolls Royce Spectre when he first saw it, and I think on Instagram it's been watched like twenty five million times. Really? Yeah. And then others. I did one. It's been watched like twenty five thousand times. But where do you? How do you? How does that happen? How does one do much so more strange. than others? I think. Yeah. I, I mean, the algorithm. I'm. I don't know how you second guess these things. No, I have no idea. Just do what you just do what you find interesting. I yeah, hope for them. And, Only yeah, way. Yeah. Um, on which note, uh, if you review and rate and subscribe to this podcast, I think algorithms like that very much. Four. This you know well, regular top ten in the UK automotive. There's so many different charts, aren't there? Yeah. But anyway, we're. We're, we hang around in the somewhere top. there. We hang yeah. around inside the top ten of the yeah, God save U- UK, UK automotive podcast. <laughs> so if you do that, um, and also, uh, oh, God, mate, nobody dislikes um, Santa's in chocolate Santa's in the co-op in September more than me. <laughs> but can I tell you about uh, an early bird offer? If you subscribe to the Auto Car. Before the 5th of November, you will get um, 60% or thereabouts off a subscription. Cool, that's a good offer. It's really good, isn't it? I've got it open here, right? If you go to themagazineshop.com, print, digital, plus archive, weekly magazine, autocar archive, digital magazine, exclusive subs, extra benefits, you get an email uh, with some extra editorial copy. Uh, 13 issues... £44.99, saving 69% Straight. on the copy. Even people who ha- hate filthy commercialism as much as you and me yeah. have to be impressed by that. Have to be impressed by that. Yeah, digital, um, so you don't get the print one, digital plus archive, uh, 13 issues. So yes, the whole back catalogue. So there you go, Darren. 30, 30, Darren Pitt, <laughs> oh, but yes, the director of marketing. Uh, 13 issues, twenty nine ninety nine. Well, dig- digitally. Might, I mean, you, you kind of wonder who in your own group and uh, circle of friends might like one. Well, yeah, right? totally. Yeah, I got a. I mean, I, they're from a different publisher, so I'm not going to mention it. But I got given a magazine subscription last Christmas. Really good. Yeah. Really like having it. I've got to say. 
Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Steve and I are going to take a very short break. Um, we will get another advert, sorry. And <laughs> we'll be back with more Miking, My Week in Cars in just a moment. What car would you buy if you could buy any car? What car would you buy if you knew you could save thousands? What car would you buy if you could compare the latest offers from approved dealers? What car would you buy if you could do all of this in one place in just a few simple clicks? And where would you go to buy that car? What car? Car buying made easy. Visit whatcar.com to buy your next new car. Welcome back to My Week in Cars. You can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com. Mike Kenny has done that. Um, who says, your slideshow, uh, which we ran online, autocar.co.uk, on the 23rd of August showed a car you say has been likened to a psychotic cartoon duck. Any ideas what that would be, Steve? No, mate. <laughs> Sophia Multipler. You are probably wondering what would have led anyone to buy one. Well, says Mike, I bought one uh, by accident. By Basically, accident. Well, the accident was a minicab driver uh, drove into him, his estate car and wrote it off. Oh. So, um, so Avis went, well, yeah, the, the equivalent of your thing is a Fiat Multipler. Oh. And then, so he ran one for a while. I thought, well, I've got to have one. Yeah, it's so practical, it's so useful. Yeah. And the uh, multiplier was two rows of three seats. Wasn't that was it. it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, an MPV. Pretty wide, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, wide, but big, lovely. Really cool. Big glass area. Yeah. Drove really nicely. Funny lights. Remember, under the just under the yeah, windscreen. Just under the, just under the windscreen. Yeah, and it had a <coughs> yes, it had a sort of duck-billed platypusy sort That's of it. face. Didn't good it? car yeah. though. A really good car. Right? Rolled a bit. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, apart from the fact that. He's having to pay £12.50 a day while he searches for a suitable replacement because he's in and around the ULEDs. Oh, God. Uh, he says the Fiat salesman at the time felt compelled to explain away the strange appearance, and I wonder if you can confirm what he told us is true. And I'm mm. sorry to spring this on you, Steve. The original intention was a dual fuel car and that space was made under the floor for hydrogen bottles. Is that the case? I have heard a story about space under the floor. Oh, uh, interesting. But I didn't know it was for that. No. I, 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 oh, it's pretty, it would be pretty early for hydrogen bottles. Yeah, it would have been. It was 1906. <clears throat> it was previewed in that shape. I've just searched up Peter Robinson's feature on mm. the very first one. And it seemed to run a space frame sort of chassis rather than being based on some or whatever the platform was yeah. at the time because it was deemed Rhythm to be cheaper and yeah. easier yeah and you could get the big glass area much more easily yeah. so it certainly doesn't mention dual fuel no I, I'm, I'm sure there is a story about um, uh, space under the floor but I think I thought it was for just for carrying stuff you know like a Berlingo the, a hatch in the floor where you can oh, where put you your can put stuff. watches yeah. yeah did they have did they have little pockets of things underneath the floor I've sort in front of the yeah between the rows did they have like yeah yeah there was something the in floor? the in the rear seat area you just yeah. lifted up this thing yeah I mean but it would be a uh, I like I do like the idea of that really airy bright interior and the, I quite liked the three across yeah seating. me too I, I, they were cheery somehow mm. but I remember I, I, I have a very quick um, um, multiple story I remember we we were setting off for a Christmas lunch one time in the office mm. and uh, you know piling into various cars and one of the cars we were piling into was a multiple mm. 
So as and we're pulled up on the footpath getting in and this bloke walks past and he's talking into his, his telephone to somebody on the other end and he said, I've just walked past the most ugly car I've ever seen. <laughs> what a <And> charmer. <laughs> loudly. Loudly. Very, yeah. I was hurt because yeah. I, I, never, I never loved the look of it, but I, I, I thought it was a cheerful car. Do you get defensive about a car that you've written about or that you are driving? in the course of this job that somebody says they dislike for well, some I, very specific reason that oh, you, you haven't identified. And I think, why do I feel defensive about it? Because it's not mine. I didn't, I didn't design it. But, no. I st- but still, somehow, I think, no, that's not fair. No, but I think there's a point where, you know, if people don't get them, if, mm. if, if, the, if there's something cute about it or something, you know, rather clever and, and, and people dismiss that or don't, don't appreciate it, then I get annoyed. Yeah. Not annoyed, but I, I regret it. Yeah, yeah, I feel so. Yeah, so. Uh, let's talk my column very... I won't dwell on it very long, but it was very briefly. So I was watching the Australian Supercars Championship the other day. As you would? As I would. And I'm not... It was Bathurst this weekend, last weekend, just gone. And I don't know the result yet because I'm not caught up. And the nice thing about watching an Australian sports championship is that nobody spoils it for you. Mm. Whereas if I hadn't watched the F1 for another three weeks, somebody uh, would have told me, wouldn't they? Yeah, they you know, of course they going would, on. yeah. But I don't, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, I was watching a round from a month or two ago, and they do the qualifying session. So they all go out, do their qualifying, 25 people, set a lap time, and then they invite the top 10 back for a single lap shootout, shootout. which is quite, which is quite exciting. exciting. It can be quite exciting. And the drivers love it because they get the track entirely to themselves. However, between the two sessions... To entertain the crowds, they send out some drift cars uh. <laughs> who lay down pink rubber and just smoke the smoke the tires all over the place. Anyway, first bloke goes out for his uh, top ten shootout time, nearly bins it on the second corner and just <laughs> said. And then they cut. They brilliantly they have in car uh, pit to yeah. pit to car radio uh, commentators to car radio, so they come on after the lap and go, "Will, how was that?" And he goes, "I can't believe it. It was awful. They the drift cars have been out and laid down this rubber." And it was like driving on ice. It was oh. hopeless. It was so. Anyway, the difference was it's a short lapse, like one minute twenty-two seconds. The difference was two seconds, oh, which is a massive amount. Sorry. And it got a bit quicker as the other drivers came through because they cleaned the. So well, that's kind of bit. unfair as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, and I and it made me think about lap times in general and the ongoing pointlessness of them effectively in road yeah. cars yeah. the Nürburgring lap time in particular because yeah. I've heard it from a Volkswagen test driver called Benny Leuchter before because he set a lap time in the Golf Club Sport Golf GTI Club Sport S I don't know 10 years ago and he said he went out one morning to set a lap time as they do you know to see if it will break a hot hatch front wheel drive record and he said it turned out eight seconds slower than he thought it should be mm. because of track conditions. Yes. And on a place... I suppose like, even wind and things like yeah, that. Can, yeah, 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 it must be. Yeah. And, I, and my understanding is that when manufacturers go out to do it, they quite often have a very small slot in between the sort of industry pool dedicated times that mm. they have to do it. So they might only have, you know, three quarters of an hour. And if you can't do it now, well, you might have to wait yeah. wherever. And if there hasn't been a race recently if it's rained a lot and cleaned the surface, if there's too much sun on the track and brought oil to the surface, if it's been too windy and dusty, you know, I mean, all of these things can add up to not really a fair comparison between one thing and the other. So, Yeah, it's funny. I've I've got a bit of a downer. I mean, I I see the value of the Nürburgring, of course, Mm. but I think it 
you could point to cars that are spoiled because yeah. they because of their you know the suspension bush issues you know and bad ride and so on mm. but also um it's just i think nurburgring times are a bit like adjectives on a soap packet you don't even see them anymore yeah so they're good but I, 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 I don't dwell on it's it. difficult because it's a broad, as a broad measure of performance knowing about how fast it is yeah is quite use, you know can be and it is a, it's a hell of a thing i mean if you if, if you get to go around it even at my sort of speed, you know, you still think, oh, hell, this is a hell of an experience. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a proper place, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, we did it, I was on this, with this driver on the club's GT, Golf GTI Club Sport launch, and we followed him round for a lap. That was the idea. You know, you right, follow Benny, see how you get on. Anyway, he mooches around and you think, poor blimey, you come back, your hair on fire. And uh, somebody said to him, so what sort of, you know, percentage was that? He said, "No, oh, that was about a seventy percent." <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so there's quite, yeah, there's quite a lot more to come. And you think, "Crikey, that is a lot. Yeah. That is a lot." Anyway, um, oh yeah, braking's quite a <laughs> hard braking for finding stuff that you've lost under your seat. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Well, that came from that car of yours. You, you remember um, we were up the hillside in Yorkshire, and Elia um, managed of a pray, yeah, yeah, our road tester. He, he um, he lost his glasses or something or other. He, he found underneath. Yeah, underneath. So he went through a thrash a, down the road and it appeared in the footwell. Yes, a, a, a Series 1 Lotus Elise, which you can't move the seat very easily. You can't. Yeah, and the tiny you can't clearances. You your hand underneath the seat. It's just. You know, That's it. Well, I did the same in the F Type the other yeah. day. And, I, and, you know, learning from that experience, I, d- I did the same just for three quarters of a mile up the Fosway, reasonably <laughs> decent bat around the, you know, around a few left and right handers and lo and behold, out popped no, the telephone. No. I've done it <laughs> once I was at Millbrook or Myra, I think, doing uh, braking tests and I braked really hard in a car and a sausage roll flew out from underneath. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Been there. I checked, I checked the best before on the back. It was about yeah. three months out of date. I don't know how long it had. Anyway. The story I remember about breaking it, I remember driving around in a Renault Spider. Remember them came yeah. out at the same time as a Los Elise. Yeah, they bad had, timing for on that. On yeah, that was Spiders. it. No windscreen. Oh, yeah. Open cockpit. Yeah. Drove from Gloucestershire to London in teeming rain. Mm. You know, and oh, it's all right. You know, you get wet. Who cares? But, but, the car filled up. It didn't have any uh, drain really? holes in the bottom. So by the time I got to London, whenever you pulled up at a, at a um, stop sign, the, the, this kind of this kind of it's surf would go, would go under the, under, the, yeah, under the pedals. The sort of stuff that's really dangerous in a boat, isn't it? That sort yeah. of that that yeah. But I think oh, there's a name for it, isn't there? That yeah, the wave the wave that builds up inside something. It's just it's really bad for it. They have no plug no plug holes in. Well, they're probably the... maybe there were bungs that I should have pulled oh, out okay. or something, but yeah, I couldn't maybe. find any. But it, um, anyway, it was um, it, it probably weighed about two hundred weight more than it should have done. <laughs> yeah, the Elise has got presumably removable, holes, removable bungs, I guess. Yeah, or just holes. I think yeah. probably. I'll go and check outside. I've still I've still got this Elise I'm running at the moment. That was a, the it's famous really Simon Saunders, you know, in the Atom. He said, somebody said, "Do you, oh, have, right. you have you ever done a canopy?" And he said, "No, but we." We bore a couple of holes in the seat. In the seat. Yeah, <laughs> there's holes in the seat and holes in the floor. We drove one last week. Love it. That was brilliant. Oh, was that, I gather a, that was really good. Oh, yes. It's a 4R, which is the new fancy oh, day. Really, Actually, that will be... The first drive will be in next Wednesday's Mac. Actually, it'll be online 
by the time this pod comes out, probably. Or oh, thereabouts. I'm really sorry to have missed that, yeah, that event. Yeah, I gather yeah, the yeah. car was fabulous. Yeah, it's great. It was, it was our, so it's our Britain's Best Driver's Car shootout, which we did in Wales last week and will be published November 1st. But oh. yes, there's a first drive of the 4R coming as soon as I write it. Wow. <laughs> as soon as I finish writing it tonight or tomorrow morning. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, tell me about the Michael Sedgwick Trust. Oh, uh, I um, I really had a good time. The Michael Sedgwick Trust is a body that is um, set up to encourage people to self-publish motoring books. Hmm. And you would think that that is about as dry as a, a subject as you could possibly imagine. You know, yeah. somebody wanting to write about his dad's traction engine or something. But <clears throat> uh, it was at the BMM. I was the keynote speaker or not, believe it or not. And my job was to say, stand up there, line one was, I am an imposter. I have never written a book. <laughs> but I've got a lot of books that I never got to the end of, and I'll tell you why. Mm. And I think that's a valuable thing to say to somebody who's contemplating writing a book. Yeah. But the rest of the day went by with printers, publishers, um, people who'd already pu- done books, people who had good ideas, pe- an accountant bloke who, un- who explained to us how to run the finances and, you know, to turn a modest profit. You know, mm. you don't have to lose money on this thing. Okay. And there were various books for sale. And the, the way it was run by... Uh, chaired by uh, a bloke autocar readers will know called Ray Hutton was a former Mm. editor of autocar Um, was brilliant and it worked really well and I was I had to go at about I don't know four o'clock there was one talk left and I was really cheesed to miss it so I I I was honestly surprised by how good it was Michael Sedgwick Trust they're online and they encourage people to write and to judge by the stuff that people were doing they, they, they get a lot of good work done. Oh, that's good. That is good. So have you started books and never finished? Or have no. you not started? No, or no, are no. you not just not... No, no. Same question for you. But but my my view is that, you know, we both write columns, don't we? We're, mm. It's a pretty full-time thing to keep it all, all the balls in the air. The, the audience for magazines is far greater than for books. If you mm. do a successful motoring book really successful book you sell 5,000 yeah we would hope to sell to 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 talk to multiples of that mm. number every week mm. I'd rather do that but but I know that we depend you and I depend on the content of books don't we quite yeah, often. absolutely yeah because they go into well they, I suppose they have the time to delve into things more than we yeah. do in this in the weekly magazine business yeah. well one of Ray's own books which was all about the Tata takeover of JLR mm. was a really good example of well, in fact I had it but I got a copy myself and he the, makes a very good point that he did all these interviews at the time mm. and a fraction of the stuff that he found went into the stories that he wrote for the Sunday Times yeah, financial pages and so on yeah but there was a lot that didn't and there it is in the book yeah what about you? Have you written a book? No, I've... Uh, no. I've, I've Would you like started, to? I, not a motoring book, I don't think. I wouldn't mind... I mean, I wouldn't mind writing a novel or something, but I don't... What I would need is what I have as a journalist, which is somebody saying, where's your thousand words? Yeah. Otherwise, there's all... Well, I've got somebody saying, where's your thousand words? Right now. Something else, right now. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, but no. Yeah. Maybe one day. No, I'm the same. Yeah. But, but you've got to admire people who do it. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. 
but it feels as you say I mean get you get to the end of a day of uh, my, I mean like tonight it's as we're recording it's half seven yeah I've got to write a first drive now do you well I've got to finish it by the morning and I've got to go out at 10 in the morning so I've got a, an hour or two tonight and a bit of time in the morning that's fine but the idea that I would then go you know what I'm going to do 500 words yeah, on let's write a chapter. something else no it's not a, ch- not a chance not a chance well Midge needs feeding for a well time. he does yeah the cat has uh, he's been on holiday for a week while I was away last week and he's come back and he has uh, I might listener I will I will snap a quick photo and put it on social when this comes out because he's just settled in between you and me yeah, he's, he's a, a very contented. I think he's uh, he seems to be unusually uh, uh, chilled, doesn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, I but think he's pretty well, damn chilled. Uh, well, he, well, yeah, but he spent uh, on his holiday with my son last week, so he probably got worn out of playing, <laughs> chasing chasing laser beams around the house, whatever. So, um, anyway, that brings us to the end of episode oh, fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. Rocking on, uh, Steve and I will be back this time next week with more from our columns and shameless plugs for um, the magazine which you can find um, at themagazineshop.com you can also find stuff over at YouTube where we have a a thriving 800,000 subscriber channel you can find us on all the socials Um, you can find us at autocart.co.uk where I will upload as soon as I've finished it and up the first drive of the Aerial Atom 4R not busy at all, are you? No, it's fine, mate. It's fine. We've got plenty of time. And um, yeah, in the meantime, thanks, Steve. Cheers, mate. See you next week. <laughs>